Hi, this is Millie, and you're listening to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word, and I will put all this in the show notes. Hi guys, I hope you're all doing well and you're having a good day and a good week. Um, I have no nothing to announce or, you know, nothing new is going on. Just um, dealing with doctor's appointments and stuff like that, which is always fun. When you have an autoimmune disorder, it's the doctor conga line because... you have the doctor for the autoimmune disorder you've been diagnosed with, but then you have all these other symptoms, and even though you know it's related to that, that doctor says everything is okay, so whatever you're dealing with, you have to go to a different doctor. So I'm going to different appointments. (laughs) Um, And... If you're in the U.S. and like me, you have an insurance that has a huge deductible. But let's not talk about that. How about that? (laughs) I am sitting outside, believe it or not, in Florida. It's cooler than in most of the rest of the country, which is crazy. But it's like 89 or 90 degrees here right now while... I know there's places in the country where it's over 100, and it's terrible. Um, It normally doesn't go past 94 or 5 in Florida in the summer. Um, I think that the average is like a 92 or 93 because we're near the water. Um, We don't get as hot, maybe as... I mean, it's hot, don't get me wrong, but we don't get as hot as some places that are in the middle of the country that just the temperature is like fire. And, you know, people are like, Floridians always complain about the heat and and don't remember if they ever lived in another state, how hot it can get there. I'm originally from New York City and it's basically hell in in the summer when it's very hot if the temperature is above 85 it's it's hell because you have heat coming from the sidewalks literally because the subway's under there you have these huge buildings that are covering any type of air that might be flowing is not going to flow it holds down the humidity and the smog it's it's pretty bad in new york um, so I'm one of the people that actually remembers, um, the summer I graduated from high school many, many, 30 years ago, actually, um, this is, this would have been my 30th anniversary. Um, well, I should say my reunion would have been this year. It is my 30th anniversary of graduating. Um, but my school closed in 2014, which was very sad i was i was upset for a long time because it's one of the last all girl catholic schools um in new york 
And they're just getting rid of every private school. They just are. Anyway, enough of that. So I wanted to come on here. And again, I'm getting my... um, The idea for this podcast from mistaken beliefs. And it's you guys have your beliefs or you think a certain way because you're measuring your parent or your partner but your parent with your own measuring stick which belongs to you and your brain right so you're using how you would react what you would want um as a way to to measure the narcissist but the narcissist doesn't think the way you do in any way and you have to remember that you have to keep that in mind okay um recently i have come across reiki healing which is something i never thought i would say because i saw it before and thought it was hokum but there is something to calming your energy down (laughs) okay it's that simple i mean i don't know about the chakras and because they're invisible discs that are in your body and if you know alignment and all of that i'm not 100 percent sure on that and that's really what reiki is but it's the energy stuff you know it's the part of it that's Let's let's work on negative thoughts and negative energy around you. And energy is something that you can get from other people. When you have a conversation with someone and you leave exhausted, that's a, a, an energy vampire, right? And there is something to that. And I think that clearing that and, and saying, okay... It's over. I'm going to relax. I'm going to focus in the moment. Is is very important. And another another thing that I've discovered recently, which has been very helpful, is called radical acceptance. And I may, I may have mentioned it in, in another podcast. And this is really, I think, with our situation, extremely, extremely helpful. Radical acceptance means exactly what it sounds like it means. It means you accept the situation that you're in, not going crazy over, like, feeling sorry for yourself, right? Oh, why me? Why is this happening to me? This is so unfair. Instead saying, this is the situation I'm in. And it's the decision between, can I change it? Or if I can't change it, then I accept it and I change the only thing I can change. And that's yourself. Okay? With our situation, with our parent, right? Or parents. Radical acceptance is so important because we try so hard with them to fix our situation with them instead of saying it is what it is and I hate that expression but it's so true 
They are who they are. We cannot change them. The only thing we can do is change ourselves. And how do we change ourselves? By accepting that they are who they are. That we, we, we cannot change how they're going to behave. We can't make them see what they're doing to us because they know what they're doing to us. That's one of the hardest things, I think, for people to really grasp. Is that telling mom, you did this and this and this and how did you, how, how, how could you do this to me? How could you be best friends with my ex? And hello, they're doing it on purpose. They know what they're doing. I think that's the hardest part of the acceptance of that a parent is a narcissist. Is that they're doing it on purpose and you telling them what they did to you is not helping you in any way, shape, or form. But it sure is making them happy because what they're doing, what they've done, has worked. Right? Because the only thing they want is to hurt you. And they they hurt you. They know they hurt you because you're telling them they hurt you. So don't tell them that. Don't, Don't write letters. Write the letter. But burn the letter. Do not send the letter. I was having a lot of conflict in my own head when it came to my father, who is alive, but who is in the fog. He's still, my mom died, it's incredible, but 10 months ago. And he's in the fog. And my father is a very weak person. Hence the fact that he was, you know manipulated by every woman in his life and he was married three times as it turns out and he abandoned children for the women i mean this is from my mother you know this is beyond what i i don't have words for it right how do you how how do you abandon your own children that you made okay that you had before Because this woman doesn't want anything to do with him. Right? And this woman had a child with you. And you had to be that child's father. But not a father to the other children. And guess who I am? I'm the child that was made to manipulate my father. Right? But he still doesn't... uh, As far as I can tell. I don't know because I haven't spoken to him since my mother died. So 10 months now. Um, he's still in the fog because I've left the door open for him and he never, he didn't walk through, right? So now I've used radical acceptance and it, it, I realized today how much it was really helping because it's not something that happens overnight. It takes practice. It takes practice telling yourself every day, this is the situation. I cannot change it. I can only change how I react to the situation. And my reaction to the situation is, well, this is what he wants. So accept it. Live your life just like you did before. When you went no contact with their mother. They're both 
cut out of the same cloth, even though he's he's not a narcissist, but he's not a good person. Okay, so one doesn't, you know, and he's just, how can I say, made a roadmap for his life so that he would end up alone at the end, and he is going to be alone. So, and it's not because I haven't tried. So I don't have guilt, but I also am not going to keep racking my brain and feeling bad every day of my life because he won't even give this a chance because he still, all he sees is that I'm an evil person because I stopped talking to, to my mother because she started having whatever, dementia or which I believe actually had to do with her narcissism and not, um, but I mean, it could be, I don't, I really don't know. So I'm not going to talk about that anyway. So radical acceptance has been extremely, extremely helpful to me. And I hope that you can understand what it is. It's accepting what's happening and trying to stop. Change to change it, and it's helped me with my husband too. Okay, not with him necessarily, but situations we were in that neither of us has control over. Just going well, I have to believe that the universe is working for me, and that this particular thing was not meant for for us. So it's okay. Okay. So if something doesn't go your way, having a tantrum over it is not going to fix it. But accepting it and saying, it's just not for me. You, you will not believe the amount of, of peace and joy that you can actually have regardless of your situation. If you start to think that it's a matter of accepting what is and not trying to get what is not okay we shouldn't have to chase things oh my goodness all this noise i don't know if you guys can hear it um i know i've said this in the past if i record outside sitting outside in my porch um there's gonna be noise because there's there's always gonna be someone getting their lawn mowed <laughs> so Anyway, so um, this isn't even what I was going to talk about, but sometimes I just let, you know, whatever comes to me, I'll say it. Because just like radical acceptance, this is part of radical acceptance, accepting what is. And what is, is this came to mind for a reason. Someone out there is going to get something out of what I'm saying. Okay. Um, okay. So what I really wanted to talk about was why I don't like Grey Rock, explaining Grey Rock, because I've said I don't like it, but I haven't really talked about it in a while. So let's talk about Grey Rock. And then again, just reinforcing how we have mistaken beliefs about the narcissist. Okay. And that we keep trying because we think they think like us. And they don't. Okay? So, here we go. 
So what is the gray rock method? Okay, it's called gray rock because that's basically what you want to be. A rock. Okay. The idea of gray rock is that when the narcissist, if you have to be around the narcissist and they are provoking you or they're asking questions that you give them the most dull um not don't not answer them because that is automatically going to upset them more okay the idea is to talk to them but talk to them in a very unemotional way so don't show any emotion regardless of what it is um, talk about the weather. If they ask you a particular question, if you don't want to answer it, answer something else. It's tricky because you have to be on your toes all the time. Because they are going to prod. They are going to try to to get information out of you regardless. And you you just have to keep it to... As little information as possible. No emotion whatsoever. Because the idea is you want them to get bored. Okay? So that's gray rocking in a nutshell. That's what it is. You want them to get bored and leave you alone. The idea is for them to back off, right? Gray rock should only be used when it's a situation that you're in it, but you're getting out of it soon. Okay? So it works really well when you're in a romantic relationship and you're about to leave. That's when you use gray rock. Now let me tell you, there's there's it's not foolproof. Since they are who they are and they need that supply, they need that information from you, they're going to try to get it. Okay? So they're going to keep Sometimes gray rock can backfire, and that's why I don't like it, period, end of story. I don't like it. The only thing that really works with narcissists is don't talk to them anymore, and don't let them send messages to you. Going no contact, my last podcast, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it, please, because I explain how to go no contact correctly, okay? Because there's a mistake there, too, about what no contact doesn't mean I stop calling. No contact means... I don't let them send me messages through other people or through other mediums. No, no. By mediums, I mean like social media, text, email. No, you block them so that you're protected from them. That's the whole idea of no contact is to protect yourself. Okay. So, um, so this is why I don't like gray rock because it doesn't work. All the time. And it's very difficult. You know. The only time I I noticed it worked. And I did it with my mom a few times. Without knowing what I was doing. But it was kind of natural. Kind of like I'm just sick of it. I don't want her to know. Like towards the end of when I was talking to her. And I was tired of having to tell her. Every job interview I went on. Every. Like every. Every bit of my life. I had to tell her. So I I did the gray rock. And it works if you end your sentence with a statement that there's no way to get into it, right? Um, You know, it's blah, 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 period, end of story. There's no way for them to ask any questions after that. Um, So 
I don't like the gray rock method. <laughs> um, it's very clear. I used to talk about gray rock and, and advise people to use it. Nah, no, don't. It, it, it really doesn't. It, it could backfire. They could get more angry. Right? Because if they want something from you and they're not getting it because you're being great, you're gray rocking them, they're going to up their game and abuse you more. And that's the opposite effect of what gray rock is supposed to do. So, please, if there's any way possible, just go no contact. That is the only thing that works. And it's not to get even with the narcissist. No contact is to protect you. And that is another mistaken belief. That going no contact is a way to punish them. Once you go no contact, the idea is you don't care what's going on with them anymore. You just don't. You let it go. You don't care whether they're happy, they're sad, they're mad... You don't expect anything back from them. You you hope that they don't try and hoover you because that's so difficult. For me, my mother didn't hoover me. Okay, she didn't. I was one of those lucky, and I say lucky, but it, I didn't feel lucky. I cried a lot because I kept thinking, I'm not worthy. I'm her only child, at least as far as I know. <laughs> and I say that because there's been so many lies and... I had three brothers I didn't know I had till I was 42 years old. Who the hell knows, right? If I have, I have a sneaky suspicion that I do have siblings, but they're not here. They're not in this country. They might be. They might be. I am on Ancestry, so, you know, crossing my fingers one day that I get, I get the notification that I have a half sibling. And then when that happens, we'll see. You know, I don't know if I want contact with my mother's kid. You know, why would I want that? Um, I've learned that just because you have a sibling, it doesn't, doesn't automatic, blood doesn't automatically mean relationship. It just means you share DNA with someone and sorry, you know, it's just the way it is. And if you would have heard me talking four years ago or five, it would have been a different story. But Believe me, life has taught me that the people that count in your life are the ones that you choose, right? The ones that you choose and chose you, not the people that are forced on you because of of blood. Now, I'm not saying that we don't have great people that could be part of our family. That's not my case, but, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's my case. Because my father's family stayed in Cuba and I had zero contact with them. So they might have been great people, but I don't know. Anyway. So don't do gray rock. That's my advice. I mean, do it if you absolutely have to be in their presence and you really have no choice. And you're you're not going to be in their presence for long. That's the only way that I would say, right? Do gray rock just to get you through to the moment that you leave. But don't use gray rock as a way to deal with them because it won't work. It won't. Trust me. Um, I'm going to steal this um, 
phrase from Chris Godinez. All right? So, Chris, if you ever find out, I always give you credit for everything. Believe me now. Oh, trust me now. Believe me later. Okay? Just trust me on this. Trust me that this is how it works. Okay. So that's the Grey Rock Method. There's not much to it. It's just not effective. Not always effective. Okay? You may... It may work one or two times. But you never know. The narcissist wants what they want. And they don't care how they're going to get it. And they're going to continue to badger you. And they're going to continue to abuse you. That's just the way they, they operate. Okay. So... The other thing I wanted to talk about was how we project how we think, how our minds work onto the narcissist, okay? And what I mean by that is, for example, the narcissist gets sick, let's say, and you've been sort of no contact for a while, Right, And by sort of, I mean, you don't call them, but you also haven't blocked them on everything. You haven't really got no contact. You haven't protected yourself to the point where contacting you is impossible, okay? And they get sick. And you, you feel bad because you're you. Right? And you feel bad because they're sick. For whatever. They have cancer. They have a heart condition. Whatever it is. And you feel that you should let them know what they did to you. Because that's what you would want if it was you in this situation. Okay? Um, no. And I say this. As nicely as I can. Except that wasn't very nice, right? (laughs) Um, Don't do that. Please don't do that. And I'll tell you why. They know what they're doing. And I said this earlier in the podcast. They know what they're doing. They know what they've done. They do it on purpose. They plan and manipulate. Don't tell me they don't know what they're doing. So you giving them a list of, you know, you didn't let me go to the to, to my friend's house for her birthday party for whatever reason. Or um, you let me go to school with dirty hair and, and dirty clothes. And you embarrassed me in front of my girlfriend or boyfriend when I was a teenager. Or I can go on and on and on. And I'm kind of using my own examples, right? Um... In part, uh, as as examples here, what's the point? What are you trying to get from that? What are you trying to do by letting them know what they've done, or getting into an a text fight or an email fight with them? What's the point? I have read so many emails and texts. And if you're interested and you have one or a few, I did a couple of podcasts where I read um, anonymously, of course. I read a few texts 
and email that came from the narcissist and it was so much fun because it's fun to see what maybe you don't see in those um texts and emails right how they don't take responsibility that's the one thing like they will say i'm sorry you feel that way but they never say i'm sorry that we did what we did. And then they start with, I don't understand. We've done everything for you. And, you know, they give themselves credit because um, they kept you alive. Okay? Because giving you clothes, giving you... um and, and, and the minimum amount of clothes. Because if you're like me, you didn't really have a lot of clothes. I had, when I was a teenager, I remember having one pair of jeans and a couple of old t-shirts that I had to wear over and over again. Okay? This is this is I mean they they had the minimum they gave you the minimum amount to keep you alive and keep you going and they want credit for that. Congratulations, mom. I have been in a much worse financial situation with my daughter in high school. And my daughter always had four pairs of jeans at least. Plenty of t-shirts. Like, she still has t-shirts from high school that that have tags on them. I'm going to kill her. (laughs) She never used them. (laughs) Luckily, she's the same size as she was in high school. So she may be able to still use them. She's coming to visit next week. Um, So she may be able to take them and use them. Um... She always had shoes. She always had whatever she needed, okay? We managed. So my mother's excuse or whatever, she didn't give me an excuse. She just didn't give me stuff, okay? And I've I've said this story um, before where I went to, I remember starting school year, and I went to an all-girl Catholic high school, like I said before, and I had to sew the holes in my socks because like she couldn't afford to buy me socks. People, this is ridiculous, okay? So they want to take credit for that. And you know, you went to Catholic school. That was your choice, not mine, right? I didn't work to take care of you. That was also your choice. And even as a child, I used to tell her that because I didn't want her to be around me. There was something that I don't remember. My past. Okay? A lot of my childhood, I don't remember. But I know it was bad. Because I remember screaming when my dad used to go to work. Screaming because I did not want him to leave. I felt like he was my protector. And my protector is has turned his back on me. So... That's okay. I have someone who really does protect me now. Who's been protecting me since the day we met. <sighs> Sorry, guys. I try not to cry. But I'm human like you. And, you know, it's some things are just more emotional than others. So telling the narcissist what they did to you. You did this and you did that and you did this and this is why I'm not talking to you. Don't bother. 
They know. They know. They could tell, of course they're going to tell everyone on the planet that you're evil and they're the victim. But they know. You know, in their heads they know. So you telling them what they did is going to do no, do you no good. Believe me. Okay? It's, it's not going to do you any favors to... To um, to tell them. Because they're 100% aware. This is where that radical acceptance comes in. And you say, well, this is who she is. She is a person who is manipulative. If you don't remember all the traits of narcissism, Google it. Although you could just go to my Instagram page and, and look at the last few posts and you, you'll get those, you'll get some of them there. <laughs> but she has no empathy. People, people who have no empathy are also psychopaths. Okay? Some of you have parents who are a dark triad. Okay? What does that mean? They're, they're narcissistic? Machiavellian? Okay? So that they're, they're the power hungry ones. And psychopaths. That's a dark triad. They have all three. They are the devil in human form. There's no other way to put that. This is a person who there is not one damn redeeming quality about them. Okay? These are people who don't care about anyone else. It literally, not the way a narcissist doesn't care, but the way that a bird doesn't care. <laughs> and a bird may care more. Okay? <laughs> The way a cockroach doesn't care. I don't know how to put it. But these people, they just do what they do because they get bored. And they don't care about consequences or they don't feel anything. Because That's why they do stuff is because they don't feel anything. So they're looking for some sort of adrenaline, some sort of something. And it usually involves... Hurting people and on a, a lot of cases murdering people, you know, those people. Well, narcissists are lack empathy. They have a little bit of empathy, right? A little bit. But it usually is. Uh, I don't even know. I never saw my mother really. Sh- she didn't show empathy, but she was the... Because my mother was a communal narcissist. She was the kind that... Because um, not all narcissists are happy, outgoing, um, center of attention people. There are narcissists that are introverted. Um, not introverted, but introverted, yes. There are, there are narcissists who are introverts. Who are depressed... And kind of stay to themselves. My mother went from communal, which is I'm the person in the neighborhood who everybody runs to when their child is sick or some there's an emergency or this or that. From that person to the depressed, uh, lonely, I don't go anywhere person. My mother, you know, switched into that. And um, as it turns out... Distant family members were saying that she was agoraphobic, which may very well be true. But I want to know who the hell was the one that started that that rumor. I don't know if it's a rumor. I assume it's my cousin. 
her nephew, the one that my dad is, uh, you know, now putting his trust in, he's the one that started. He's the only one who has contact with the person that I spoke to, who is also my cousin. But she said something and, well, it's over. I didn't talk to her for long. And you know what? I don't miss her. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I barely had time to get used to talking to her. It was just awkward talking to her. Um, she actually lived with us when I was eight years old. But that's a whole other story. But going back to the empathy. So they lack empathy. They don't feel bad for other people. Like when you watch a movie... And you cry. I've been watching Stranger Things. And Eleven. Oh my god. For those of you that have been watching. I can't even see her. Because we're empaths. I look at her. That girl is a genius at acting. Because so young. Every time I see her. I cry. I keep thinking. I'm going to adopt her. I'm going to take her in. I'm in season two, by the way. Season two. I haven't. We're not caught up. Because I did. We started watching it and I didn't like it that much. But I'm into it now. Because I don't like sci-fi. But this is pretty good. <laughs> um, so that's empathy. Okay? Feeling for other people. Actually feeling for them when they tell you something's wrong. Actually having empathy, right? Because you can put yourself in their shoes. Well, our, our mothers didn't know that how to do that. Our fathers, okay? They they just, they, they don't care. <laughs> so, you know, they don't feel that, okay? They manipulate others for their own gain for whatever purpose they want. Um, a lot of you talk about the sibling rivalry thing. That's their doing because they manip- they triangulated the siblings so that they would fight and they would sit back and enjoy what they did. Um, they're evil. They are evil people. <laughs> um, they're entitled, right? They're entitled. They think that. I'm going to give you an example. It's not even my mother, but it's 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 someone. It's my sister-in-law. Um, my husband used to tell me as a joke, and and I'm sitting there going, "Uh, that's not that. It is funny, but it's really messed up." And this is what what it is. His sister used to go to the grocery store, and like elbow people that would get near her, like in the supermarket. Like, she would push them around and elbow people and start, and like, like under her breath, seeing stuff. That's entitlement. Like, the whole store should clear out because, oh, so-and-so is coming. So, she needs the queen's uh, treatment. Why? You live with other people. Sometimes you move. Sometimes they move. That's how life is, all right? It's a compromise. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's the whole thing with narcissists is what makes them happy or what, what covers up the sludge that they are inside because 
they hate themselves. Not every narcissist. Okay, that's another thing I've learned with throughout the years of doing this. Being in the narcissist world. Um, the ones that were became a narcissist because they were mistreated as children. Also, um, they hate themselves. And that's why they mistreat other people. Because as long as other people are... They can put them down. They can feel better about themselves. Right? While there's those narcissists that were treated like... There's no one better than you. You... I I worship the ground you walk on. And that's my cousin. My cousin is that kind of narcissist. Because I've seen... I saw... I've witnessed his parents treating him... His mother. Treating him that way. Now... His mother and my mother are sisters, right? And my other aunt, so it's three three female siblings, one male, he passed away. And my mother's now dead, which is crazy to think out of because she's the youngest of the four. That the two in the middle are still alive. My mother's the one that died. Um I'm not sorry. I'm just saying how, you know, life is just it is what it is. It's not... There's no rhyme or reason. Your age doesn't mean they're going to die chronologically. Okay? My uncle did die first, and he was the oldest. But, you know, my aunt, the one that's still kicking and is, like, 90 years old. You know, I don't know. Oh, nur- narcissists tend to live a long time because they are so involved with themselves that every little thing that they have, they go to the doctor and whatever. So they they keep they're keeping themselves alive. <laughs> um, and plus, when they get closer to death, they're afraid because they they don't know if there's an afterlife and if someone's going to judge them. I hope to God there there is. I do because I know that you and I. Are going to be fine. And my mother. I used to joke about this before she died. I used to say this all the time. She has a one way ticket to hell. You know. And I don't know how that all turned out. Um, another thing. I want to say here. And this was a comment. On my Instagram page. Um, please don't fall into the. Psychic told me that my mother still, because psychics psychics shouldn't say that and the ones that claim to be mediums, and I'm not innocent from this either I've gone to psychics, and I've gone to mediums, I'm not really interested in my mother like, after my mother died, I did go to a psychic but immediately I could tell being an empath that she was crap so it was like, whatever she said I was was gonna ignore it anyway but um, don't fall for those people that tell you your mom is coming after you, even after death. She's good. She still wants to hurt you. Oh, my God. No, she's dead. It's over. You're free. Believe me. My mother died. If anyone was going to come after, look at what I do. <laughs> I have a podcast, I have an Instagram page, all about how horrible she is, and nothing. 
Alright guys, I've never been more confident and less afraid than now. Okay? I'm not afraid of being in the dark at night. I'm no, it nothing it doesn't it doesn't scare me. I know that she's just gone. She's not going to mess with me. She's gone. My aunt might be talking crap about how my my mother has appeared to her or something like that cuz narcissists talk like that. But my mom is dead and gone. She's gone. And I can't even say buried because she was cremated. So even worse. There's nothing left of her. She's just gone. And I don't know if there's a soul. Maybe there is. And if there is, then where did it go? I don't know. There's so many theories on this, and I don't know which one I believe in. I guess I just have to wait and find out, right? All right. Well, I've talked plenty. I hope that this uh, podcast was informative. I did talk about a lot of stuff. So I have no idea at this point what I'm going to entitle the podcast. Because I talked about Grey Rock and about mistaken beliefs and about, you know, um, oh my God, I can't, you know, the term for uh, radical acceptance. I talked about radical acceptance and I talked about, you know, all of the narcissistic traits. I did, you know, I gave you a lot of information in a little space of time. So anyway, I'm going to end there and... Guys, I love you very much. I do. I do this because I've been through it. And I've made the mistakes. And I don't want you making those mistakes. I don't want you to be the one to have to regret a contact if you're no contact. Or doing great rock when it really doesn't work that well. Okay? I really hope that I am a resource for you. Right, that I can help you. And the information that I get, I'm not getting from the air. I've told you many times. I watch Chris Godinez. Please watch her. She's fantastic. Right? I get information from her. She's a licensed therapist. And this is her main focus is narcissism. Right? She's fabulous. I couldn't say enough about her. She was my guide, my mentor, even though she didn't know it. And what I pass on to you is from books written by therapists and videos and Dr. Romani and so many people out there. Lisa Romano, she's okay. I know a lot of you are are fans of her. She's all right. She's very nice. She seems very nice and sweet, but she's all right. <laughs> um, I think that she likes to. Um, she she puts a little bit of sugar on everything, and I think that I I, I want to hear things at, the way they are. I'm that type of person. Just be straight with me. Tell me how it is. Don't don't try to sugarcoat it because. You know, it is what it is, you know. Again, radical acceptance. It is what it is. This is who they are. They're evil people. All right, guys. I love you. I send you my love. I send you my strength. I send you... I give you my advice on what has worked for me, like the radical acceptance. 
I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope you're all feeling better. I hope that I'm helping you. And until next time.